Welcome to Wednesdays Together. We're so glad you joined us for worship tonight, and we pray that you'll be refreshed and recharged in God's Word. I was reading a story this week about a submarine that was being tested, and part of its testing, it had to stay underwater for a very long period of time. And so when it returned to harbor the next day, there was this commotion around them and they were really curious to see how the test had gone. And so someone asked the captain, hey, I know that your test was focusing on how you would handle this pressure underneath, but how did it handle the storm? And so the captain looked a little puzzled and he looked back at the gentleman who was asking the question and he said, what storm are you talking about? You see, the sub had gone so deep that it reached this area in the ocean known as the cushion of the sea. And when you go that far down, it doesn't matter. The ocean can be battered by high winds. The waves can be surging. But at that place, at that deep, deep place in the ocean, the waters in those deepest parts remain calm. Folks, I want you to know that the deeper we go in God, the waves just simply won't move us anymore. As scripture says, deep calls unto deep. And so tonight, I'm going to call us to deepen our consecration and our commitment to God. Our focus passage for this series is all about how God will make a way out of no way and how he brings life to dead things, how God makes all things new. I'm going to read to you from Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. On Sunday, my husband preached an amazing message about possessing the promise of God. After wandering 40 years in the desert, it was time for deliverance for the children of Israel. For their own Red Sea experience, A previous generation had had that, but this generation had not. They had simply wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And so this generation, they had to find God for themselves. So when Joshua and the children of Israel crossed over the Jordan, we learned Sunday about how it took a team effort to make that happen, right? How there is strength in unity And the power of God falls when we unite for his vision. Is anybody grateful for that? Is anybody grateful for the body of Christ and the power that God has bestowed upon the vision that he has for the church? As we heard on Sunday, spiritual teamwork makes the dream work. And I want you to know there's not a time that I've ever lived in that this message has been more important, especially right now especially right now, whenever it's tempting to shut everything out, when so many things are shut down, when life simply just isn't 
normal and we don't know if, when it will ever become normal again. We have that tendency to isolate and just to try to go it all alone. But I want you to know that at the sanctuary, we are committed to crossing the Jordan River together. Why don't you type that in the chat? Together. We are committed to overcoming every obstacle, to walking through together. We are ready to lock arms with you, to step into the water together, and to watch God move on our behalf. And so I declare again here today, the sanctuary church is poised to cross over. I'll say it again. The sanctuary church is poised to cross over into our promised land. And even when we don't see it, our God is working and we will hold on to his promises, no matter what our here and now looks like. We will hold on to his word because we will march forward with eyes of faith. Is there anybody with me on this tonight? I pray that you can feel the passion for what God's put in my heart, and I pray that it will stir your spirit as well. But before we march into this season, I am asking us to prepare ourselves. You see, we need to consecrate ourselves today so we'll be prepared for God's end time revival. We're nearing the end of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And wow, there's no better way to get closer to God than to seek him daily, to read his word, to pray, to fast. And so I believe, I trust that you are closer to God and that you can hear his voice, that you can hear his call out to you. And what better time right now than to dedicate our hearts to receive his promises. I I want us to look a little bit more closely at the backstory to their victory. I want us to see what took place before they crossed the Jordan River and they finally received the promise. I want us to look back to the faithfulness of God and to the expectations that he has for his covenant people. So I'm going to read to us from the very beginning of the book of Joshua, chapter one, verses one through nine. Okay, you with me? Let's read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Okay, he's saying, your fearless leader, he is now gone. Now you are going to step up and lead. Oh, wait a minute. Your first assignment is an impossible one. (laughs) Verse three, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Folks, that's a powerful promise. Listen, he gave him an impossible task, but then he gave him the why. He said, this is what you got to cross over, but this is why. Because once you get to that, every single place your foot steps, I have given to you. I've already promised. You just need to possess it. You just need to walk in and claim it. Verse four, he begins to tell all the places that will be the territory. Verse five, he says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake 
you. He's giving him this encouragement, these words to strengthen him, that he'll have the courage to stand, to stand up and to walk forward in the calling of God. Verse six, he says, be strong and of good courage for to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance, the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Just in case he didn't get that the first two or three or four times. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Tonight, I'm going to speak on the topic, all things new, the precursor to the promise. In this passage of scripture, God gives the people of Israel this grand, impossible promise. This is the promised land. It is flowing with milk and honey, but the journey to get there was not going to be easy. There would be testing to cross over. There already was testing through the wilderness. We've heard about these obstacles they faced, the Red Sea, the desert, and now they were facing the Jordan River. Listen, just because you have a promise from God does not mean it will come easy. Usually the promises of God never come easy, but it absolutely does mean that it is worth fighting for. Does anybody believe that tonight? As a church body, we have experienced some amazing heights. I'm so grateful for the incredible things that God has done at the sanctuary church in his people here. But I also know, but I also know we've weathered some dark nights. We are living in a time where everything that can be shaken will be shaken. When people are losing their faith in God and they're walking away, folks, I'm telling you, this is not the time to give up. I'll say that again. This is not the time to give up. The people of Israel had lived through this very long and difficult journey, and they were just one step away from the promised land. They had wandered through the wilderness, but the Lord provided everything they needed. I want to remind somebody under the sound of my voice tonight that in this wilderness season that we've been in right now, 2020 into 2021, our God has been so faithful through this wilderness season. Is anybody grateful for that? Is anybody grateful that your God has been faithful throughout this wilderness season? You see, this new generation of Israel, they'd heard all about the miracle of the Red Sea. But that seemed like ancient history to them as they wandered through the desert. It was their time to receive God's promises. But there was one more barrier. You see, they had to cross the River Jordan. 
Before we possess God, God's promises, I want you to know God always prepares his people. You can take that to the bank. God always prepares his people. In verse two, before Israel ever came up to this impossible challenge, God prepared Joshua to get ready to cross the Jordan River. Now, if you read carefully, you get the idea that Joshua, their new leader, he, he must have been afraid, right? And God wanted him to know that he would take care of all of them. You know, I, I can relate. I can relate to Joshua sometimes. When God calls us to lead others and doing something that's new, doing something that's daring, doing something that's taking a risk, it can absolutely be intimidating. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you see, it's one thing to follow the voice of God for yourself, but when you're responsible for the well-being of a faith community, then it feels like the stakes are higher and the weight seems even heavier. But folks, here's one thing that I've learned. This is God's church and God will take care of us. It's not my burden to bear. It's not my husband's burden to bear. God will take care of us. Just like Israel was God's people and God took care of them. You see, God assured Joshua over and over in verse three, he said, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. So he reminded him of the promise. He went on to say, nobody's going to be able to stand against you. Nobody can withstand you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He told him, be strong and courageous. He commanded that three times, by the way, in verse six, verse seven, and verse nine. And in verse nine, he also said, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, why did God make such an effort to reassure Joshua? Well, that's a good question. I would say God knew Joshua's struggles. God was speaking to that fear that was in his heart, that doubt, the questions, the thoughts of the impossibility. And I want you to know that God knows your struggles too. God understands and he is right here to help you in the midst. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. But you see, the underlying principle for success is this. He prepares us, but we must listen. We've got to listen, and then we've got to walk in his ways. Joshua 1, verses 7 through 8. I'm going to just repeat it again. He says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. You see, he gave them the promise. He said, this is what I'm going to do, and nobody's going to stand against you. In every place your foot steps, that's where I'm going to give you that land. But he told him, but you've got to obey the law. You don't need to turn to the left. You don't need to turn to the right. You need to follow everything that I have commanded you. And he goes on to say, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is written in it. Somebody type in the chat, all, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You see, God commanded Joshua to be faithful to his word because the promises hinged on 
that. God prepared Joshua and God told him what was expected of him in a covenant relationship. God gave him these promises, but to possess the promises, he had to be faithful. He had to obey. He had to follow God's commands because that's what the promise hinged on. I want you to know when we believe, when we receive, when we live out God's word, his promises always belong to us. And God has amazing promises for us. And we've just got to do our part. We've got to obey the word of the Lord. We must learn to trust God. We can't rely on our own wisdom or our own strength. You see, when it's God's will, he will grant us every resource to overcome our obstacles and reach our destination. Sometimes I'm sure when my husband is preaching and he's got this vision bigger than the state of Texas and it's coming forth, I'm sure some of you are thinking, well, that's that's a lot, Pastor Mel, but how how are we going to accomplish that? We don't have to accomplish it. God does. We just have to be obedient. We just have to be faithful when he opens the door and walk through those doors when he opens them because he always sends resources to mission. He always sends resources to his vision. When God has a plan and when we dedicate our lives to him and to his plan and follow that path laid out for us, nothing will stop that plan. And that's why a precursor to the promise is always It's always to consecrate ourselves for the promise. You see, they were given the promise. The children of Israel, they were given the promise. Here again, now all that was left was receiving it. Now all that was left was walking in that promise. They had to put feet to their faith. But first, they had to consecrate themselves. First, they had to die to self to take on the call of their master. Joshua 3, verse 5. I'm going to read to you from the message paraphrase. It says, Then Joshua addressed the people, Sanctify yourselves. Tomorrow God will work miracle wonders among you. To walk with God, they needed to put aside the fears and the doubts of the previous generation. You see, this call to sanctify was to rid themselves of anything that was holding them back from God's will. This call was to purify their hearts and to release anything inside them that was not like God. And I want you to know that's not any different from the call that God has placed on each one of us. I hope you have felt that passion, especially in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. You see, for us, us to see the work of God with us and in us and through us, then we've got to lay aside every weight. We've got to lay aside every sin, every habit, every attitude that limits us from serving him. Folks, that's called faith in action. You see, we can say, I believe, but when we put feet to that faith, that's when God gets in the mix. That's when God does what only he can do. That's when Red Seas part. That's when Jordan rivers are able to be crossed over. And that's when we walk into our promised land. And I wish somebody was in this room for me to preach to you because I feel the spirit of the Lord all over me and I pray you can feel it at home. I want you to know right now, when you put obedient faith 
to the test. When you put feet to that faith like God has called you to, there is nothing God can keep you from. That there is nothing that can keep you from the promises of God. And there is no devil in hell. There is no trial. There is no turmoil that will keep you from the promises of God. I wonder if we can just thank him for it right now. Dear God, we praise you for your presence. We praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your mercy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You see, faith in what God has promised without seeing it happen yet. That, that's where it's at. You might not see it right now. That's why it's faith. We can't see it, but God is working it. And so at this place, at this moment, preparing your heart when you're standing on the banks of River Rapids. Folks, that's faith. That's the faith we are called to step into right now. That's the faith that we are called to live in right now. I'm talking about a river in dangerous flood stage being transformed to dry ground with two million people walking safely through to the other side. That was an absolute miracle and there was no way on earth they could have accomplished that in their own strength. They had to humble themselves. They had to cleanse their hearts. They had to seek God's anointing and his power and his strength. You see, the new and younger generation now experience God's power personally for themselves. For years, they'd heard all about the Red Sea experience of their grandparents and their parents. But on the day that they consecrated themselves, they saw God's mighty hand firsthand, their own personal experience. When they prepared themselves for the promise, when they consecrated themselves, God moved. You see, on this day, they experienced their own divine intervention, the miracle for their generation. Folks, we've heard all about end time revival. We've read about it. We've heard of miracles around the globe. But on this day, on this day, right now in this sacred, holy moment where you and I stand, we must get ready to experience the miraculous on a personal level. Because today is the day. Today is the day to prepare our hearts, to consecrate, to dedicate completely, to give our hearts over to God because he is preparing us to possess the promises of a mighty harvest. Does anybody believe that with me? Why don't you type that in the chat? I'm possessing. I'm possessing the promise. I'm walking through in Jesus' name. Amen. It is time to have bold faith. It is time to trust in the God who parted the Jordan River. It is time to trust that God to deliver you into the land of your promise. You see, he will make a path appear where there seems to be no way out of your situation. I want you to know God's promises. Every one of them are true and they are real and they are for you today. And here's one I'd like to leave with you right now from the book of Lamentations, chapter three, verses 22 through 23. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great 
is your faithfulness. I'm talking to a group of people who need the compassion and the mercy of the Lord. We've been living in that for the past year. We have been walking in that grace. We have been walking in that abundance of his peace and his goodness and his mercy. And now I'm telling you, don't fear the future. Don't fear the current of the river because you don't have to be strong enough to wade those waters. Don't run away from the obstacle. Run to God. Consecrate yourself unto him and watch him move. Come on, somebody. Watch him move. You see, God is doing right thing, things right now in the spirit world that we can't even fathom. He is stirring hearts of hungry people. He is putting you in a place to connect with them. He is preparing people right now for a life-changing experience at the Sanctuary Church. He's preparing people right now for their lives to be changed forever. One moment in time, you're going to join with them. You're going to share the gospel. You're going to share your faith with them. And they're going to come in here and they're going to be delivered from the bondage of the life that they've lived. And I want you to know, He's going to use you to accomplish all of these things. But you've got to fully dedicate yourself. You've got to go deep in him. You've got to go deep in him or the waves are going to batter and toss you. And the storm is going to toss you to and fro. You're going to lose your way. But you've got to go deep in him. And I promise you, he is going to use you. We're going to pray here in just a moment. But I've got one more thing for you to think about. You see, God did the miraculous for Israel at the Red Sea, right? I mean, that was nothing short of a miracle. He did a supernatural work that only he could do for them at the Red Sea. But you know that the children of Israel still chose to allow fear to keep them from possessing the promise. They walked through on dry land, And their fears kept them wandering aimlessly for 40 years in the desert. And that entire generation missed out on God's promises for them. So here's what I want you to know. You have a decision to make. I have a decision to make. You can consecrate yourself wholly, completely, totally to God. And you can walk in bold faith. Or you can stay behind and miss out on what God has for you. But I want somebody to hear me. I'm serving notice tonight. The sanctuary church is not staying in the desert. We are casting off every doubt, every fear, every negative spirit, and we are possessing the promises of God. You know, my husband shared something powerful about memorials on Sunday that often when you see a pile of rocks, when you see these memorials in Scripture, It means that something died here. Folks, that's what consecration is all about. It's about dying to our flesh. It's about dying to our desires. It's about dying to our striving. And it's about finding new life in him. You see, Israel had faith enough to cross the Red Sea, this most impossible thing. They had faith for that. 
But they didn't have faith to walk into their promised land. They stopped short of possessing the promises. Some of you have been delivered from a life of sin, and God has done the miraculous, but you are living beneath your privilege. You are not living a life of consecration, of dedication, because you have stopped short of that. And it wasn't until those with no faith died off that God led the next generation to the Jordan River. And so here's, here's what I'm saying to us tonight. I want you to know that right now, today is a good day for all those things to die in the desert. Today is a good day to leave behind your pain, your fear, your doubt, your sin, your weight, your malice, your strife, your vainglorying. You're seeking yourself over other people. You're murmuring. You're complaining. Let all of that die in the desert so that you can step over into your promised land. You see, we leave behind that fear and that doubt, that murmuring and complaining. And as a new generation of faith at the Sanctuary Church, we boldly march together into our promises. It is time to make a commitment to serve him to trust him. It is time to move forward, to forge deeper in our relationship with him than we have ever been before, to shake off the bondage that, bur- that blurs our vision from him. His time is now. And church, I'm, I, I'm, I'm pledging this. I won't allow anything to hinder me from what God has for me. The sanctuary church will not allow anything to keep it from the vision that God has to seek and to save that which is lost here in central Texas. I'm declaring that the sanctuary church will possess the land that God is giving us. We will see God's revival burst forth in our city in our church, in every neighborhood, in all of Austin Metro, in Central Texas. And I know I'm talking to a group of people who are ready to go there with me. Why don't we pray right now? Why don't we pray right now to consecrate our hearts to this mission? Dear God, We are so thankful for your love, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace. Lord, we have desired greatly to see your power fall, to see miracles, to see signs, to see wonders. Lord, to see a mighty harvest, to see all these great things that we've read about in the Bible, all these great things that we've heard about overseas. Lord, we long for that here, but God, forgive us. Forgive us now for not being willing to dedicate, not being willing to consecrate enough to walk in that here. So today we humble ourselves. Today we cry out to you. Today we submit and surrender our spirits to you. Consecrate us, God. Sanctify us. Make us pure and holy. Remove everything that is not like you that we can walk in the power of your goodness and your might, and we would be your vessels, your vessels of harvest for this mighty end time season. We will give you the praise and we will give you the glory in Jesus' name. I wonder if you could just thank him right where you are. God has heard your prayer. And I want you to know, if you have taken a step deeper in the Lord, maybe this is the first time you've committed your life to God. We want to know about it. Maybe you've lived for the Lord for a very long time, but God has tugged at your heart tonight.
and you know you need to make some things right and you need to you know you need to make some changes in your life and you want somebody to help you whatever your situation is why don't you reach out to us let us know you can complete a contact card a connect card and we'll follow up with you it's on the website you can find it right there on our homepage you can call us you can reach out to us we are here for you folks this is the time to focus our eyes on God, to take our eyes off of everything in this world, to lift up our eyes. Our redemption is coming from him, but we've got to be ready. We've got to prepare ourselves. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm covering you in prayer. I look forward to seeing you again Sunday for worship. Have a great week. God bless you.